0: Welcome! Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Two Likeable Guys. Uh, I'm your co-host Steve, with my fellow co-host Josh. And together we are Two Likeable Guys. You can visit us at twolikableguys.com and you can send us email at twolikableguys at gmail.com
1: Or you can just come visit us in Red Bank.
0: Absolutely. Mm. You can come to Josh's house Anytime you like.
1: Yeah, that's right. Doors mm-hmm. always open.
0: Yeah, I man. My dad was helping me out today, and um we were painting on these cabinets. got yeah, inside these cabinets of a work truck, and usually we use a white gloss. And I looked over and I said, "Hey, what are you, what are you using on that?" And uh he said, "It's a it's a white uh, satin." I said, "Oh," I said, "Are there nights in there?" Oh, that's ridiculous But anyway, today uh, we have an awesome, amazing show for you Um, We have Timothy and Tiffany Brown um, About an incident that took place uh, about 10 years ago They are on a a trip to uh, a little weekend getaway to Fall Creek Falls and some uh, awful thing happened, and uh, but then some good comes out of it. So I mean, you just got to hear it. Maybe you remember it, maybe you don't. But if you if you do, it's awesome. Uh, it's an awesome story. Um, he wrote a book about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the book is
1: The Miracle at Fall Creek Falls. Is that right?
0: The Miracle at Fall Creek Falls uh, about his son Caleb Brown. Yeah. So that's great I mean it's really it's, it's it's you go through a gamut of emotions. I get emotional um talking about it. they get emotional talking about it um but it's a, a story worth hearing and uh I think you're gonna love it. you think they're gonna love it josh
1: i i I thoroughly enjoyed it
0: and i i think I think it's good stuff, so let's just get into it and see what they have to say about it bit uh, a recap of the accident if you i mean if that's not too painful i mean uh for maybe some of our listeners haven't heard uh don't, don't know the whole story or maybe heard snippets of it when uh, it happened i mean i know i remember uh, for myself i can remember uh the news stories coming out mm-hmm. And saying, you know, this rock has, has, has fallen and hit this poor child. And, and I was like, well, you know, I've been to Fall Creek Falls. I, I've walked down some of those trails. This could, ha- you know, I think this could have happened to me. I mean, and this could have mm-hmm. happened to my family.
2: Right. And, and mm-hmm. I think
0: that was one of the great things about it. Uh, the, the great things as far as making people known is I think a lot of people can relate to the fact that you know you were just trying to but anyway I'll let you tell the story I tell you if you don't mind I would love to hear a little bit of just the story to you know from the accident probably just to the hospital and and then uh well then we'll get in talking about the rehab and stuff uh if you want yeah sure
3: but uh yeah well Tiffany how about I just start and I'll turn it over to you in just a minute so um you know it was 2010 October the 16th we had went uh on it was going to be our first camping trip as a family. Basically, our boys were four and two at the time. Colby was—he's my oldest son—and Caleb was two. And um, I had saved up just enough uh, vacation time for one day, and we were going to go uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that day was just like any other day. I mean, we we got up that morning and we cooked breakfast over the stove over the fire, and uh, uh, I remember you know, teaching my boys baseball. We, we kind of made our homemade bases around the camp, and we were just having a fun day. It was just supposed to be a lazy day. And um, we went to the falls uh, and just kind of made our way down. And, you know, we were taking pictures along the way and um, stopping. And I remember Caleb especially, he was kind of our adventurous one. And I remember he was so excited about trying to get to the bottom of the falls, he, he kept yanking on Mama's hand. And uh, and she was kind of a little bit nervous about you know holding on to him. So I wound up holding his hand most of the way down just because I could get a you know tighter grip. but he was just so, so interested in nature and the falls and climbing over the rocks. and we were just having a really good time uh, as a family. <clears throat> and then we got down to the bottom, and we were kind of making our way over to where the water was, and we were going to let the kids, take off their shoes and and whatnot. And when we got to the bottom, that's when um, I gave Caleb back to my wife and she picked him up. And then I started making my way down with Colby. And and that's when we that's when we heard the sound. Uh, It was like a it, it almost sounded like a cannon going off because we were down in the gorge. And, uh, it, it just echoed all around and we knew, you know, instantly, it's kind of like one of those moments where time slows down, you know, right. You, you, um, there's a lot of things happening all at once, but it all happens at a split second. We knew that there was a rock fall. We knew that it was coming. And when, when we all froze and looked up, um, you know, we were all watching the tree line from above because we didn't know where it would come out from. So we were everyone down there and there was you know there was probably 15 20 people at the bottom at the time and there was just a bunch of people there that day it was very crowded and uh Tiffany are you are you still there yeah i'm here i'll let you i guess take over cuz uh you were you were holding him when then when what happened next so i'll let you take over here
4: um well am am i supposed to speak of of any like supernatural uh, whatever you anything- want to
0: 100% okay. anything you want to talk about.
4: Okay, well, so Tim Tim talks about how we heard the only thing that it could be described as, and I think I said this in the video, I'm not sure, but um, is that it sounded like a rock slide. And I, I'd never been in a rock slide before or around a rock slide before. I just, I just couldn't describe it as anything other than... This booming, like Tim said, this booming noise, but it's sort of like lots of rocks, you know. So, as a mom, I was holding Caleb, and um, I knew that we were in danger, but I didn't know where where the danger was because, you know, here we are with um, the cliffs on one side, you know, the water below, and on the other side, is the rest of the clip? you know what i mean like mountains are on right. both side and then the right. water is right in front and you're and you're just like i know there's danger as a mom my intuition was something's about to happen um and i need to protect my child so i went to bend over him like um put him under me because he was on my hip you know when i was mm-hmm. turning him to put him under me and i as I did that, as I as I went to envelop over him, I heard as if somebody was yelling it at the top of their lungs. I just can't even describe it any more than I thought somebody was yelling at me to turn, and wow. it was a it was it was a voice that you you could not disobey. <laughs> like it was so
2: strong that I was like, okay, Broke. and
4: so. I lift up and I start to turn, Caleb, and as I turn, I kind of step back a little bit, and then I turn. Well, gentlemen, what's so amazing about that is that the investigators that um, that well investigated the accident and um, saw where the rock fell, you know, where, where it landed after everything, Right. Um, and then the people that were behind us and the people that were in front of us, everything combined. They said to me, "They said if you had not stepped back, it would have hit both of you, like like square on. You you guys both would have been hit. Well, number yeah. one, so it would have killed you, and him. And then number two was, it grazed his head. Like so, when I was turning him. Instead of the rock hitting him full on, it grazed his head, and, right. which kept him alive. Um, so I fully believe that the Lord oh. saved mine and my son's life that day. And um, well,
0: how, how big was the rock?
3: I, 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 it, I'm not thinking you talk it about it a little was, bit in the book
4: no okay yeah so it wasn't a rock it was a boulder
3: it was about the it size was, well, of a beach ball is what they yeah
4: they they said about what 30 or 40 pounds
3: they carried it back weight. up when they did yeah. the police investigation they found it and carried it back up but it was uh yeah it was of course, really it was in pieces too
4: there were some pieces yeah. that came off of it but um but anyways and so the part that tim had gotten to um was you know there was a gentleman there that Basically, I mean, there's no other way to describe it and rescued our son, saved his life, ran him up to the top. And when we got to the top, it was just unbelievable because literally there was people that had to, Tim and I were in such shock that, um, and I won't get into it, but there were things that happened before the accident that we didn't realize was preparing us for this. Um, but right. I, don't, I don't think there's ever a time that you can actually, like, I don't think there's a way that you can pre- prepare parents, right, like for this kind of trauma. But at the same time, it was like it wasn't a complete surprise. Um, And I was even looking at Tim and saying, is this what you were talking about? And we won't, so, I don't right. know if we even have time to go into all of well, that, so, but.
3: So just about
0: back well, up a well, little well, bit. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the the what we're really talking about in, in this is, is the book uh, uh, and the book is called uh, God Still Speaks: The Miracle at Fall Creek Falls mm-hmm. and and, and, mm-hmm. and the book it's amazing. I mean, the way it describes. Uh, I, I I'm just I'm curious. Did, did I know that the, the Timothy, um, Mr. Timothy Brown, is cr- accredited as the author. But I'm guessing that Tiffany Brown had 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 a lot to do with the um, with the book as well. Am, am I right? Am I, or is that just crazy talk?
3: No, no. We, we we had many, many conversations about the book and what should be included and how it should be written. So, yeah, she she was with me every step of the way.
0: And well, then that's the the pretty uh, amazing thing. Just the the whole book itself. I mean, and talk about the uh getting to talk about the stuff that happened before um and <laughs> the premonitions or the warnings mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the prophet the prophetic uh callings whatever you how you define it you know i see it as god speaking to you guys and, and if yeah. you want to i would love i'd love to hear a few of those about uh, the going in and then we'll get back to the the what happens next and uh and definitely i don't want to leave out michael taggart uh because it sounds like from reading the book and everything it sounds like he was a, a, an integral part uh, of
3: he getting uh, safety. so mm-hmm. so as the book begins i, I talk about the fact that I've, I've been a minister in the churches of christ for 20 years and um for those who are part of that faith tradition there is a particular doctrine that the mainline churches of Christ tend to hold to, and that's the doctrine of cessationism, which basically teaches that, uh, you know, God uh, acted was active and He spoke in the first century, but after the first century, that was it, and that's what I taught for years as a part of what I had been taught, and that's what I always believed that God did a lot of miracles in the first century, but, you know, uh, people who claim to hear God today, they're kind of crazy, you know, that's kind of what the way I thought, and in 2009, that completely changed for myself. And in 2009, I won't go into all the detail, but basically I heard God speak out loud audibly in the room as I was waking up one morning, and this was a year before the accident actually happened. So the voice that I heard in the room that morning uh, said to me, you are going to need your whole heart for what's coming. And that started a long series of dominoes that began to fall where we started having dreams that would later come true. And then later on, start, we started having visions that would also begun, uh, that, that would start to come true. And uh, fast forward a year later, um, uh, you mentioned uh, some, some premonitions. My, my um, what, was it Tiffany, was it like a couple of days before we were about to leave to go on the trip?
4: Yeah, um, it was a few days before. Yeah,
3: my father gives me a call, and at the time, my dad was um, uh, not—he wasn't going to church. He wasn't really into spiritual things uh, at that yeah. at that time in his life. But he called me up and he said, uh, "He said is something wrong? Are you okay?" And is I
4: everybody
3: said, "Everybody okay?" Yeah. Yeah. He 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 just said, "I have this this overwhelming feeling that something bad's about to happen, or that something bad has happened." So he was. Calling everybody that night. This was the night before we were about to leave to go on our trip, and was saying, you know, are you okay? Is something wrong? Is something wrong? Well, that threw red flags up with me because I had already started hearing from God, and at that point, I had not really been talking to anybody about it because I just, you know, I just hadn't, I just hadn't had that uh, sense right. of openness yet with other people, except my wife, and so I started having that sense that maybe it was something, something was wrong. And then the very next day, as we were trying to start making preparations to go on the trip, it it was as if literally every single thing was trying to get in the way of us going on that trip. And of course, I'm sure you read some some parts of that in the book. But.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That's in my notes here. Um, yeah. Of uh, and I'll, we can get into that in a minute, but uh, that that was definitely in my notes about how I related. To the uh the feelings of guilt because you saw so many signs that said stop oh, yeah. well don't yeah. go and, and and you know because <laughs> i can relate to that because i i can see things like where it would be like oh i would you know beat myself up for yeah. for not you know listening when the, and i think of that you know daily whenever something oh what well, does this mean that and then you just kind of got to pray about it and and keep going and uh, do what you Mm -hmm. think is best. But you get to learn that voice. But anyway, please continue. Please continue.
3: Well, I was just going to fast forward to Michael Taggart. You mentioned him a moment ago. So as we were going down the, the falls, we had no idea that God had already lined up several things, several key things that were going to happen that day that that was going to add up to our son being saved now we didn't know it at the time but the young man that was walking right behind us him and his family the taggard family uh we found out much later on that that basically his mother his mother and father had almost forced him to go he had no interest in going to folk Falls that day um he was an emt in training he was a firefighter young man and was, i think he was 20 years old very very strong And um, when, when the accident happened, when Caleb was initially hit by the rock, he had a a very large opening in his, in the back of his skull and he was bleeding out. That was one of the first things that, that we were, we were struggling with was I was trying to hold him correctly. I didn't know how to hold him correctly. I was in shock. We were trying to run him back up the trail. We had just taken 45 minutes to get down the trail. And now we were faced with, oh my goodness, you know, he's He's going to choke. He's going to bleed out, and I, there's no way we can get him back up. Everyone was trying to use their cell phones to call. Nobody could get through because we were down in the gorge. And I remember as we were running back up with him, people were yelling and screaming, "Try to call 911! Try to call 911!" And as far as that voice would carry back up the gorge, you had people that were literally trying to get as high as they possibly could to get out the 911 call. But As I was going up, I was slipping, falling on rocks and whatnot, and this young man knew exactly what to do, so he wound up taking my son, he held his head correctly, he ran him in 15 minutes back up to the top of the trail, and what we didn't know is that by the time he got to the top of the trail, there just so happened to be a pediatric trauma nurse from Vanderbilt that was walking by at that very moment. There was another doctor from another part of town that was there at that very moment. There were two nurses that were there from a different hospital that were there at that very moment. And so by the time that we got to the to the top, you literally had uh, like a whole, you know, uh, triage unit that was there working right. our son. Wow. But here's the key thing. That I found out much later, and and Tiffany, this is something I, I'm sure you probably remember when I was talking to um when I was talking to Michael Taggart about this. There were the doctor fellow, and I don't know who he was, and you know God bless him, but he was saying, you know, we need to get him in a car and we need to get him to the hospital now. We found out later that the the Piney Fire Department was actually doing a training on the on on clear the other side of the county, so it was going to be probably another hour before they could even get there. They were, wow.
4: trying to figure, uh, yeah,
3: they were trying to figure out how to get lifelight down there. So the doctor and some of the other people were like, well, we need to get him out. Michael Taggart knew exactly what to do. He was choking on his own blood. He kept my son alive, our son alive for 50 minutes until the lifelight arrived. God knew exactly yeah. the right young man who needed to be there at the oh. right moment, who had, who had received the exact right amount of training. To be able to keep him right. alive, as he did.
4: because yeah. because the, the other ones, everybody was um, saying different things. Like he, yeah, said, everybody was arguing. Saying, everybody was so scared. You need to turn him over. You need to put him in the car. You need to, you know, all these different things. And Michael, I guess it's because there was something about Michael, I and mean, he's the one that ran him up to the top. That Tim was like, "We're going to do what he says." Yeah. And, and as soon as you turn him over, he vomited and and started to breathe he was able to
3: keep his airway clear
4: yeah
0: wow that is just i mean it gives me chills now um one of the the things i remember in in the book is is how when you got to the top you were probably expect i think you were expecting you know paramedics and an ambulance and and -hmm. and these people to be there but they weren't there
4: yeah, but, we, were, we were devastated. We kept saying, where's the help? Like, where's our help?
3: And I hey, think but it the was thing- probably, oh, I was just going to say, ahead. I was thinking it was, we probably had waited no more than 10, 15 minutes and people were screaming out, where are they? Where are they? You know, okay. and, uh, and, and that's when everybody just started to pray. I mean, there was probably 200 people there that had gathered at the top. And I mean, hands were lifted. People were praying. People were crying.
4: People are laying hands on Caleb.
3: Yeah, that is
0: just. I mean, it, it's um, it's moving. It's
4: mm-hmm.
0: it. The the things that were put into place uh, for that accident to happen, for Michael Taggart to be right there, right behind you, and have yeah. the exact amount of training needed to keep him alive and get him to the top where there was a pediatric trauma nurse. I mean, you Mm -hmm. couldn't have have planned a better team to be there. I mean, there's no way that that was coincidental. I mean, people can say what they want, but but God was involved, in my opinion, God was involved, and, and he had this all mapped out. Uh, for this awesome little boy, and I think one of the reasons it hits so close to home to me. Um, I, I have a, a two year old boy right now, he's two years mm-hmm. and three months, and um, I, I think about him and what, and I can't even imagine what you guys went through. I mean, I, it's just, I, but what gave me a really good idea is the book was so well written. That you, I was on the edge of my seat. Uh, I mean, I knew the story. You know, I, I'd, I'd seen the Facebook stuff. I w- believe I was one of the first Facebook—not uh, one of the first, but I was in the initial Facebook group to uh, pray for Caleb when he was initially in the hospital and and and, and was in Chattanooga and and that because. It's always that story, but it didn't hit home to me until I had my child. Mm. And then that's when it became, became very, very real. Uh, But we got there. So finally, so did they, uh, how far away did they, did the life flight land from the top of the falls?
3: So they took Caleb to T.C. Thompson uh, and down at uh, Erlanger. Well,
2: they uh, landed in, in the parking right.
3: lot. Yeah, they landed in the parking lot and they, they took him down to Erlanger in Chattanooga. And that's where we wound up going. And there's a little bit of a story there too. Um, when we were in the the hospital and in the, in the pediatric trauma care unit, I think we were there for just a few days and I, one of the nurses came out and said to us, she said, she goes, you know, you're really lucky that you came here. And and I said, why is that? She goes, well, because they they we literally just got through having a special training uh, okay. here at T.C. Thompson for uh, brain injury cases for children.
4: For head trauma. And
3: she said, Caleb, is our first case, our first live case after the training.
4: So we were kind wow. of like, oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you're feeling yeah. multiple emotions at that point.
3: Yeah, and the, know, there was just little things like that that you kind of. Me and my wife, we've we've come to call them God's fingerprints. Um, a scripture that was impressed upon us on the way down when we were praying was Psalm ninety-one eleven, where you know it says that God will give His angels charge over you, and uh, you know that scripture was something that my wife and I were just praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and after we were at CC Thompson for the first i think couple nights they they put us over at the um, the Ronald McDonald house across the street and our first Boy. day i walked into i walked into the Ronald, Ronald McDonald house went into the restroom went to splash some water on my face and right below the mirror was a plaque that had Psalm 91:11 written on it right there out of all the scriptures it was the one that we were praying the most for Caleb and it was right there
4: and then my mom <laughs> told us when she got to the hospital I prayed and without us saying anything you know she said I prayed Psalm 91 all the way here and we were just like man that scripture <laughs> kept coming goes,
2: out over, yes, and over, and over, over and over and over, and over, and over, over
4: again. again with many different people that you know we didn't even know um we had somebody make us a big poster and right in the middle of that poster was that scripture and So it was just like, there was no denying that God was with us. And there was no denying that God wanted us to know, Hey, I see you. I hear you. I'm talking to you. Like there was no denying.
0: So I know when you got, well, from the book, I know that you, uh, the first few nights were horrible, uh, to, Mm -hmm. to try to, you know, manage your expectations and, and, and what was happening and, and whether uh, Caleb was going to live. Um, what, uh, what happened? Uh, how did you guys manage? I mean, was it just, did you just keep praying? Um, did you, uh, were there a lot of people that, that talked you through it and walked you through it? I know whenever you talk to the doctors, that was extremely scary. Um, mm-hmm. For me reading it in the book, I was like, you know, and I even know the rough ending to this story, but even when I was hearing and reading what, when you had the meetings with the doctors yeah. uh, about his progress and, and what his prognosis was, um, can you talk any, uh, would, you, would you mind talking a little bit about that?
3: About um, how they. Yeah, Tiffany, do you want to wanna jump in there?
4: Um, I was just going to say that. uh <laughs> Um, I was in shock, but I think also had this happened like a few years before that, um, I don't know how would have, how would have done. I think it would have just killed me. I think it just would have, not that it wasn't very emotional and and very hard, but I was in a different place than I would have been a few years ago and in my heart and in my prayer, Um, I told the Lord, I said, you know, he is, and it's funny because we had just, right before we had the car to go down to the falls, um, we had just had a prayer. And I had had a conversation with our children, with um, Colby and Caleb, and said to them, um, this is God's handiwork. This is his creation. We want to bring you here so you can enjoy it. And I looked at them and I said, you know how much mommy and daddy love you? Yeah. I said, God loves you more.
2: Yeah. And that
4: is that. the,
0: uh, you said that in the video and that's when uh, my mom, uh, when we were listening to it on the way back today, that's when she lost it. She, she uh, and I, I, cause my my mother has been my, uh, you know, my, who to look up to, to for uh, godly uh, acting and, and how to behave uh, or manage in, in a godly way about uh, biblical principles and, and, and things to that effect. And she, uh, when she said, did he, did, did, the, did the little boy say that God loves me too? You know, God loves me more right after that. And mm-hmm. I was like, I believe so. It's uh, and it's just an amazing testament. Amazing. I, I mean,
4: when I, I, when, when I ahead. said that before we went, well, before we got out to go to the falls, when I said that after everything happened and I was in the hospital we were in the hospital. Um, I was reminded of that. I remembered that, and um, I said, Lord he is yours and you do love him more than I do and he is a gift and I said if you um choose to take him back with you I will serve you and if you choose to leave him here I will serve you and I knew that I meant that and I never thought I would be able to say that um And I know that it was the Lord that gave me that peace because that, that peace is definitely not of me. (laughs) Um, I I, I can't tell you how many people we talked to you that were just like your faith and the peace that you have. I just don't even understand it. And I looked at him and I said, "Um, neither do I, because it's not, it's not mine.
3: It, it was a supernatural thing. We both mm-hmm. felt like we were being carried through that experience. We, we don't feel like we walked through it. We felt like we were being carried through it. Yes. and that, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know what the Bible verse
0: is, but that there's a, a, a Bible verse that there's something, there's grace for every season mm-hmm. or something to that extent. And, and, and that's what I believe, um, you know, because I, I think about uh, when I've had people close to me, like a great aunt that passed or something. I didn't know how I was gonna deal with it. And 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 it scared me before it, it happened. But going through it, there's a grace, a certain grace for that season. If you believe in God and you believe and obey his commands, that it lets you just get through it. And it's nothing yeah. that we can do. It's, it's, it's just, it's a grace that knows no bounds, no, knows, no, it has no reason. It's just something that, uh, God lets us have, uh, thankfully. (laughs) I mean, because I think we'd we'd have a lot of crazy people running around if, if it wasn't for God's grace, um, (laughs) to say,
3: I don't, we were also, we were also experiencing God's grace through a lot of very key people that he was placing in our lives at that time too that were that were giving us reminders of things that we needed to to remember that were you know helping bear the weight of of the the struggle and the worry and the, the pain. Um, you know there were there were many more fingerprints where God would continually remind us that he was there and that this is bigger than just you know this is bigger than just your pain. This is there's other things at play here and in the community. And, uh, and that, that helped a lot too, to see that, uh, to see God's hand moving through all of it.
4: Absolutely. And, and it didn't matter what church we were from or, you know, what denomination or who we were. It was just, people were so kind and they wanted to help and they prayed and, <laughs> okay. um, even... I remember. Oh, go ahead, honey.
3: Well, I was just going to say, I remember at one point, I had a Baptist minister, a Seventh-day Adventist preacher, and a Pentecostal preacher all praying (laughs) over my son at one time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: And somebody keeps telling somebody keeps telling me there's not separate rooms in heaven so the people that Absolutely. think they're gonna be there alone you know i've always remembered there was a joke said you got to be real quiet when you walk past this door in heaven because there's the, whoever they don't think anybody else is up here you know yeah
3: they think they're the only uh, ones. so yeah, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> but, Ooh,
4: i was raised i was raised that way um tim did you did you tell them about um and i mean i guess you've already heard it but um, even there was even to the point that the campground that we finally were able to get into, and I mean we tried so many different campgrounds, but we finally got into this campground, and just so happened to be camping right next to uh, Jason McKay and Jason McKay. Yeah. Um, was it was it Scott or who was the one that was with Jason? Was it not Scott Arnold, or was it somebody else, Tim?
3: Uh, it was somebody else.
4: Okay, it was somebody else. Um, what Scott Arnold was later in the picture. So Jason McKay, though, was was part of um the media. He's the one that came and was like, "Hey, can we do an interview? This is somebody we just camped next door to and saw briefly, like the next morning." And so even down to who was at our campground with us played an instrumental part.
3: Yeah, in so what she's was talking about is when we wanted to get the word out about prayer. And, uh, and and so he took the reins and really just got the word out about prayer. So he, he was working with the local Christian radio station and that's when, uh, that's when it just blew up. And the whole community of Chattanooga was praying for Caleb at one point. Did he let you borrow wood or... To yeah. help you start uh, a yeah. fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not exactly known as the best outdoorsman in the world, so uh, he saw he saw me, Colby and Caleb trying to start a, a campfire, and he comes walking over with a hairdryer. And uh, says, "Here, this is how I get it going." And so he put the hair dryer underneath it and got her helped us get our fire going. So
4: Made Tim awesome. feel so much better.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's
0: great. Yeah, I remembered that mm-hmm. in the book. I couldn't like I couldn't remember if he had brought wood or something, but I remember there was something there, and he played an integral part with uh, the radio station here, the Christian radio station uh, here in mm-hmm. Chattanooga, um, and getting the rest of the the word out for people to pray. How long did um, how long was was Caleb in uh, at TC Thompson? He was there for about a month, right, Tiffany?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right about a month.
0: Yeah. When did you feel like you were you he, he was going to make it and 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 things were
3: going to progress? was that that
4: um, was about about two weeks, Tim?
3: Yeah, about three weeks into it. Three, three. weeks. We had got to get through the brain swelling period, which took a lot longer than they originally thought it would be. They were thinking three to five days and Caleb's brain swelled for a good, probably seven days or so before it started, before we knew what was going to happen as far as the brain swelling was concerned. And when that ended, he uh, was still in, a, in a, a medically induced coma and... Uh, we went through a period of of worrying about his kidneys and his lungs he was he had infection in his lungs his his kidneys were failing it just had all kinds of problems that that were that were going on and so it was just day after day after day slowly slowly watching one little thing improve over another we got through the the brain swelling and then we you know finally we once that looked like that was going to be okay they started working on the the lungs and then finally his kidney started functioning correctly and just one thing after another and then finally we got to a point where they said okay we think he's through the worst of it we think he's going to live and uh that was about two and a half three weeks into it and um and that's when they started pulling the medicine off to see how much damage had actually been done to his brain that was
4: very scary
3: that was yeah that was definitely hard yeah that was definitely hard and because he was still in a coma after
0: and not medically induced coma. And so you, you don't really know what to think. You you definitely don't know how long that's going to last. And, and it's just prayer and what, so, okay. What happened next?
3: (laughs) Yeah. So he, he, we, they, they bring him back uh, off the medicine and they basically said, okay, what you see, what you see is what you get. This is where we are. And and when he uh, came out of, um, the coma. There's a coma scale. It's 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 not black and white like you think about in the movies where you're all of a sudden out of a coma. There's kind of a scale. So even though they had lifted him out of the medically induced coma, he was still in a coma as far as his brain and what he was able to do. But he had lost he lost everything. I mean, it was like having a newborn baby all over again, and and in some ways even worse because um, you know he was displaying uh, what was called neurostorming at the time, where he his brain was just uh, you know, uh, um, I how, how the way they described it, it was like a, a computer that's having a hard time rebooting basically.
4: Right. Like there was a time we couldn't go in and see him because it was um, making it
3: worse. Yeah. Yeah. That was during yeah. the time of the brain swelling. It was making it worse. Right. Okay. So
0: it could, it could be too much, um, too, much, too stimulation. much stimulation. Yeah. yeah thank
3: you. Yeah, yeah, early on when the brain was swelling, there was a period of time where we couldn't even go in and it was because of that very reason. And then later on when he came out of the coma, he um was he he was not able to walk, he wasn't able to talk, he was uh, almost entirely blind. Um and and that's when I lost it personally as a as someone because by that time I I had I had had it just playing in my mind that God was going to do this and, you know, this, this big, this big miraculous thing. And he was just going to wake up and walk out and jump in my arms. And that did not happen. And so that was very, very devastating and hard for me personally at that point.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but then God was good. I mean, he, he continued to to do good things after that. So the part of the book that, that I was on the
0: edge of my seat, is he going to live Um and how much damage is there and and what's going to happen next and Mm -hmm. and then finally we we you know in the book you go through and you you realize that he's going to live we don't know you don't know as a reader you don't know what's going to happen next because you don't know how much damage there is and then right you find he starts making these these progresses these these small little small little progress and um, you get accepted into the uh, the rehab program at the scottish right
2: yeah and, so, and it, so yeah go ahead
0: no and it seems like from there it does this the steps start moving uh mm-hmm. not a lot faster but you can start seeing the things happen um you know within just i would say from what i read from what i remember i think it was you could see things happen you know a change in the in in caleb weekly
3: if not That's daily right.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: that's um, what was the most encouraging thing because uh we were we were in a place on the third week they were trying to get him into a couple of different places and they were only and I don't know if I can't remember I don't think this is in the book but because there there's so little minutiae details that I remember through the whole story that I but there was this one point where because of our insurance the way that it was because of the the beds that were available in in, in this place versus that place there were certain criteria that Caleb had to, to be able to do in order to be accepted into that particular hospital.
2: Mm-hmm. And sure. so
3: we were praying so hard because there was this one hospital. It was the Scottish Rite uh, down in at Atlanta, Georgia, cool. that we, we just really wanted him to be a part of, but there were no beds available. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, one of the criteria was is that he had to, to show some ability to, to hold his own head up, um, he had to show some type of cognitive ability to, to, for them to work with, basically, is the long story short. So on the fourth week that we were there, um, they, they brought in a physical therapist and you know, and these were like the little things that we were putting out on Facebook because by this time there were already you know thousands of people on his Facebook page and the news was still reporting what was going on with him. And so every time we would have you know something like, here's what we need Caleb to do. We would just blast it out there to pray. And we started seeing things happen so quickly. I remember when they got Caleb up on the edge of his seat that day, and it was like two or three days before uh, he was, uh, you know, they had to make a decision of whether or not he was going to be able to go to this place or that place. Well, it turned out Scottish Rite got a bed available, but Caleb had to prove himself. He had to prove himself. So they got him up. And when we got him up out of his bed, for the first time he actually showed himself with the ability to hold his head back up again and actually use his muscles in a, in a meaningful way. Um, and that sealed the deal. That helped seal the deal to get him to go down to Scottish Rite.
0: I've had, um, several, well, I've had, I know of two, um, people that I went to high school with have, uh, one, one you may know of, um, his, uh, the son, cause this was up in your neck of the woods, uh, the guy that went to school with me, um, that I don't know him really well, but his name was David Bramble, and his David son uh, was Baylor Bramble. He had a, an accident. They had a football a head injury during a football game, mm-hmm. um, and he ended up and uh, ended up getting into and and I remember David pray writing out, "Please pray, you know, that we get into the Scottish right." and uh mm-hmm. so they did um and it, it seemed to really help him and then i had another friend that had uh, that lived near atlanta i think in Ackworth and their son uh had a bicycle accident with head trauma and i had learned a little bit about neurostorming just by mm-hmm. reading it from how they described it and uh when he got accepted into the scottish rite it was a big deal. Evidently, the spot is right. It's the place you need to be for um, progressive treatment in uh,
3: brain trauma. It really is. And when Caleb started there, um, I remember the very first day, it was a whirlwind because the doctors and nurses all came in and,
2: Mm -hmm. you know,
3: they were checking him out and, you know, setting him up. And, and, and it was amazing because, uh, we, we didn't know what we were about to get involved with, but, uh, but the doctors were looking at him like, wow, this, this kid's going to be, he's going to do good. He's going to be a great candidate for what we do here. And, and sure enough, I mean, by the next day, you know, 24 hours later, we had a full schedule of therapy. And I think what Tiffany, like six or eight goals that he had to meet, uh, for that week for seven days. And he, and Caleb accomplished every single one of those goals within two more days yeah he was was
4: surpassing every goal that they gave him it it, and 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 one person i mean one doctor actually said you know like we're seeing miracles like it it wasn't it was like this is abnormal to this degree that this child can do these things
0: yeah let me see how i can phrase this after he's in the Scottish Rite, he's making great progress, and it comes to a point where it seems like you guys were almost shocked that you were actually going to get to go home. I mean, yeah. it, it, in in the book, it, it's like, like, oh my gosh, we're going to get to go home, and we're going to get to be with mm-hmm. our family, and and like this is going to be Christmas. great, Christmas.
4: yeah, right, yeah, because and, so many people um, had been there longer, um, so many kids had been there longer, and. You know, at first we were told like what, Tim, like eight to ten weeks or eight to twelve weeks or something like that. And yeah, we it, were told it had it been could been be like longer, yeah. Three weeks and we were told, Hey, you know, you're, you're you guys are gonna get to go home. You're gonna need to go home before Christmas. And so
0: And this is a point I I, I can't relate to what you uh the, the trauma and, and what all you had to do with with, with Caleb. But I remember when I was at the hospital with my baby uh, and we got to come home, I thought, oh, great, we get to come home. And then you get home and you realize all the help you had at the hospital with all these different things. And now you have to do them all and there's no one else to depend on. You can't, you know, let the nurse take your baby for a couple hours to get a nap. And, Mm -hmm. And you're just... <laughs> and it's like you you describe it great in the book, and and I can really relate because you're like, oh my gosh, we have to deal with all this, and our other children now, and yeah. how are we going to do this?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
3: how did you manage? Well, Tiffany, you wanna you wanna keep mm-hmm. a little bit?
4: <laughs> well, well, I think that one thing that was incredible is, um, and again, just just people there's, there are, are still so many good people in this world and yeah. um, there was people that were just sending money over and over just countless people we would get cars with checks and and then we would get um you know we had a medical fund for Caleb. one of our relatives set up a medical fund for him and um people just flooded that medical fund and um it, it was just amazing and so people we're
3: bringing food and helping to sometimes mm-hmm. babysit for us and help. Us we with had, kids
4: and... Yeah. We had people that we didn't even know, you know, calling and messaging and saying, um, can I keep your kids for you so you can take Caleb to therapy and you don't have to take them all. Um, can I come do your laundry? Can, can we cook meals for you? Mm-hmm. Um, it was, <laughs> it was just amazing. It was, um, once again, it was just like God knew what we needed and he made it happen to the point that we didn't even have a car that could fit Caleb with, because at first, when we first came home, we had a wheelchair and um, we didn't even, we didn't even have a vehicle large enough for, um, for him. And we had um, a friend actually approach us and say, what, what is your greatest need? And it was like a vehicle. And we didn't even mean a new vehicle. We just met, a vehicle that would get us from point A to point B safely and be big enough. And um, I would never forget when he called Tim and he said, Hey, um, we just need you to come sign these papers, you know, with the title, whatever. And it was a year old minivan. Like, I mean, it was oh, brand that's new. Amazing. That's
1: great.
2: Yeah. It's um, the so I
4: mean, God's providence was just, all over the place and when we got home it was also to the degree that like um our house had to be a certain way when caleb came home, they're like you need this and this and this and this and very very clean and um when we came home our house had been newly painted the carpet had been ripped up wood had been put down it was like a new house like we were walking into a new house um you just can't even and those things and yeah, in the grand scheme of things is those things aren't they don't matter, but at the same time they did they they just took a huge load off of us um it was just yeah
0: it, it's just amazing <laughs> so i love i I absolutely love hearing that i mean ev- everybody loves uh, a good story and and it's such it helps restore faith in humanity. Um, it really, oh, really does. How did your um, well? There's a couple different. Uh, well, let's go with this one first. There's a couple different areas. I, I want to talk a little bit about um, how your marriage, because um, it, it. I, I think mm-hmm. that you 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 said the statistic in the book of, of how your how many marriages don't make it through, and mm-hmm. and how you guys push through with, um, that and, 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 decided, you know, you, you, you would, cause I just can't, I, I can imagine, uh, with, with my wife, if something like this happened, I could, I can imagine, I can see us being, you know, on each other's nerves. And then I can see us trying to work through it. I mean, just, it just in my head, it, it seems a lot like how you guys did it. Um, but how did you manage?
4: Tim, do you want to,
3: yeah, okay. so I think that one one of the things that God was doing in the midst of all of it, and there were so many things. My best friend, Todd Jacobs, I never will forget a conversation he and I had in in the chapel down at Scottish Rite about what was happening and all of the God activity that had been going on. And I and I remember looking at him, and I said, I said Todd, what do you think God's doing in the midst of all of this? And and he answered back to me, and he said, "I think God's doing a lot of things." And and I never will forget that because he was, and and one of the things that he was doing is he was working on some things in my wife and I's marriage that we needed to to work through. There were things that uh, had been going on prior to the accident that you know needed attention that my wife and I were
2: mm-hmm.
3: were not giving it the attention that it needed. It was just kind of one of those things where. We're so caught up in life that we just kind of neglect each other and we sweep things under the rug and not deal with what needs to be dealt with. Well, I'll tell you, when you go through a traumatic event like that, those things come to the surface really quick. And,
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
3: Pat Pat Pearson was the nurse that, that came to us that day, and she's the one that uh, when we were about to be discharged to go down to Scottish Rite, she pulled us aside and she said, listen... She goes, you two have been through a lot. I want you to know that most marriages – I'm saying this because I love you. And she was a woman of faith. She is a woman of faith till this day. She said – she goes, I just want you to know that most marriages to go through what you're about to go through do not make it. She said you're going to need each other now more than you have ever, ever needed each other. So keep looking to God no matter what. And I never will forget her because she not only cared about our son, but she cared about us. And and that was just so amazing. You know, her and, and several others that were there during that time. But but she was right. I mean, when we got home, you know, we had the meals prepared for us. We, you know, the, the car was provided. There were so many things that were provided for us. But slowly as those weeks began to tick by and those things had this we we started taking over responsibility for the, you know, the 10, 12 doctor's appointments every single week that we had to go to. And you know, and the cooking would,
4: and the cleaning and the...
3: cooking and the cleaning and how to take care of a, a child who's just learning how to mm-hmm. walk and, you know, constantly living in this fear of, oh my gosh, if my child falls, he could die. I mean, that's literally what they told us. If he falls, he could die. So you're walking with your child everywhere, you know, as he's learning how to walk again and hoping and praying every moment that he does not fall. And just that pressure really brought me and my wife to a point where we felt like we weren't going to make it, uh, as a couple, because, you know, it just seemed like, I don't know, how would you describe it, Tiffany? It was just like,
4: it we, was just yeah. this overwhelming. Well, so Tim kind of mentioned it before, but we, we took the trip, um, because our, cause we genuinely needed it because yeah. our, our family, our marriage, um, our marriage needed it. We were like, we need this time away to regroup. Um, and so when all this happened, it kind of, it forced us together. Like he said, it forced yeah. us to work on things, that it was really hard because we were still dealing with things that we were working through from before the accident with each other. Yeah. And, um, and so it was like, I was reaching out to some girlfriends and he was, like he said, he was reaching out to his best friend, Todd. And, um, and so at first we were kind of like, and I think that's why Pat Pearson said this because she could see that we were going our separate ways. Like we were, I was over here with, with this friend trying to work things out and he was over here with his friend and we weren't coming together and really, I mean, other than for Caleb, does that make sense? Other than like, as parents, we were coming together because we had to, because we knew that. You know, that's what we had to do. But as a couple, we were on opposite ends of the spectrum and not, you know, we loved each other. We just, it was, and so when we got home, it was so much pressure that we were running and going and um, literally almost like roommates, you know, because we didn't have the time to talk to each other and we were barely seeing each other. And even though he was at home, writing the book and taking care of the kids that I had left from not having to take them all to therapy at the same time. Um, It still was just like, like I said, like roommate, like, you know, he's here and I'm here. And and then we were going through all of our emotions about everything that that new year, I'll, I'll never forget after Christmas, that new year, we were supposed to go out for New Year's and we were talking in the kitchen. And we had just been fighting all day long. And we looked at each other oh. and we were just like, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like we we're done. We're unfortunately gonna become one of these statistics because we just and, and we like I said we loved each other, but there was just nothing in us to try anymore. It
3: felt impossible.
4: It felt time. impossible. Yes, it felt impossible. It was like here we have all these responsibilities. We don't have time to try to figure us out. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we talked about divorce and um, and we had both said, okay, we're done. We're, we're going to look at getting a divorce. And I walked out of the kitchen and I was walking down the hallway again there's a voice like (laughs) inside of me and uh, my heart you want to call it you want to call it my heart you want to call it my soul whatever you want to call it said to me no you're not getting a divorce walk back in that kitchen
2: (laughs) (laughs) so I turned (laughs) around walked back
4: in the kitchen and I said well mm, man I was like why just (laughs) telling me that we can't get we can't get a divorce so I guess we're gonna have to work it out so that was like the a, a turning point for us, but it was, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say like, cause there was nothing in me at that point that wanted to work it out. Neither did Tim. We were both just exhausted oh. and done. And when I heard that though, um, I was i was like, are you kidding me? But then I was also, <laughs> that was the turning point. We went out um, that night by ourselves and had a long talk, talk and kind of started from
0: there yeah it's just amazing the the whole spectrum uh, of, of from the accident to the dealing with the people the god's fingerprint on the accident and on the the people that were there and the people that took care of you all the way to the, your marriage and how it seems like it, from the, from the book, it seems like once you realized it, it brought everything together and it all was orchestrated. It's That's like it. a, a symphony
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, yeah. and you've got, you, you've got these little sounds over here and you've got these other sounds in them, but once it all comes together, it's like the most beautiful um, sound, the beautiful relationship that uh you can have and and i think that it was all
3: god inspired i i I can't see
0: any
2: other absolutely
0: go ahead
3: what what you just described was was the very conversation we had that night when we decided to go out and have our day anyway and what we did is we sat there in that car and and i remember tiffany and i would we, we remembered something that god had spoken to us prior to the accident and it was about our marriage and it was when we were still dealing with a lot of stuff and he made it very clear do not look at the outward feelings and emotions look at the heart look at the why behind why what's going on in your marriage and and stop you know assuming and and uh, you know justifying your own reactions and whatnot but really look at the heart issues of why you're feeling the way you're feeling and why you're doing what you're doing or why you think the other person is is doing what they're doing and so we just sat there, you know, and we basically just spoke about the book. We not there was no book at the time, but we spoke about the story and right. all the fingerprints and everything that God had been doing. And and we both knew that God was doing something much much bigger through all of this than 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 even just Caleb or just me or our family or whatnot. And uh, and that's when my wife and I came to the conclusion that that uh, that that this was a spiritual warfare. You know mm-hmm. and that yeah. and that you know there would be nothing more that the enemy would like to see that in the end, our family be destroyed because of this and 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 that's when we we dug our hills deep, deep, deep in in our faith in, in God and said, "You know what, we're not going to be that statistic, and we are going to work through this and and it is going to be for God's glory and that changed everything from that day forward,
4: yeah. I agree. And your,
0: your story reminds me, uh, uh, bring it back biblically, um, in in some ways, not in all, but uh, the story of Job. Um, when Job okay. had everything taken away from him. I, I realize you didn't have everything taken away from you, but right. but right. you had a lot taken from you um, at the time of the accident. And now I, I want to talk a little bit about uh <laughs> You know, that was then, and, and you had the the two boys, and um, you had three children at the time of the accident, correct? Yes.
4: We yeah. had uh, yeah. Connor that yeah. was seven months old, and he stayed with my sister at the time, so he didn't go camping with us. And then okay. we had Colby, who was four years old, who was with us, and that's a whole another story that poor child. <laughs> that's a whole nother oh, yeah. story he's
3: had his own journey
4: <laughs> yeah we yeah. we were separated from him and camden because of us both
3: well you they mean connor both of yeah us.
4: oh connor i'm sorry connor yeah, yeah.
0: but yeah we've had two other but- children since then mm-hmm That's what I was getting at. So now there is five of you. So so you were restored into it, uh, five children rather. So there's seven of you all together. You almost have your baseball team, by the way. That's true. Um, Yeah. We actually do have a baseball
4: team because we have a bonus child as well, which is my, which is our son's best friend that has lived with us for. Two we, years we took in another
3: years. young man two years ago, oh, so we actually do have that many
4: now.
2: We <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: do. That's, that's amazing. So, so I mean, it's just like, you
0: know, all this. How is, um, I, I just love how it, it came around and, and and you you kept, you know, it didn't keep you from, from more children, which I think, uh, in a way, it, to me, it seems like, well, gosh, you went through this. I mean, I would, you know, in a sense, you're like, well, you're scared that that something could happen again and you don't want to go through that and you don't yeah. want so, to have yeah. a child have to go through that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, but it seems like you kind of just let that go to God and, and said, well, we're still going to live our lives and we know God's going to take care of us. That's and true. so now you, you have this big, beautiful family. Um, and I want to know how Caleb is today. What What's he like mm-hmm. today? Go ahead. Um, i know i know he probably doesn't
4: remember oh go ahead he does remember actually
1: does he really
4: yeah there's things that he says every now and then um tim how many years ago was it when he just out of nowhere in the kitchen came and said um a a, a rock hit me and there was thunder um and lightning and jesus carried me
3: he did. He had a very, very strange, lucid moment. Uh, Caleb, by the way, he is uh, 13 years old now, and uh, he goes to junior high school. He goes to special needs classes. Um, just by looking at him, you would never know that anything ever happened to him, but he does have learning delays. Um, but uh, but yeah, what, what Tiffany's referring to was several years ago, he, he came into the kitchen. I can't remember how many years ago now. It's been quite a while. But uh, But he started saying things very... Very strangely, uh, he he mentioned, um, he said something about the rock, kidding me. And I said, yeah, buddy, you remember? do you remember about that? And I, I kind of thought that he was maybe remembering things that we had said yeah. over, you know, yeah, he picking heard, up conversations yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. whatnot. And then he said, yeah, dad, I, I, I remember. He goes, I remember that 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 there was thunder and lightning and Jesus was there and he carried me. Jesus carried me and he took care of me. Oh. Oh my! Wow. And yeah, yeah, and that was, you know, and and that just blew us away. That just blew us yeah, away. Yeah, because
4: we never said anything. We've never said anything to where he would hear. First of all, we've never mentioned like lightning and thunder. Yeah, <laughs> I you know it. what all that's
3: about, right? Um, yeah. Right.
4: And then never mentioned Jesus carrying him. We have said Jesus, you know, saved him. God saved him, but never like Jesus carrying him. And the way that he described it was like he literally felt like Jesus picked him up out of the water and carried him
0: yeah like, that's the way that's he described amazing. it that is beautiful that is um uh do you still think I know you, you 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 did to the the point of the book um do you still keep in touch with Michael Taggart
3: we do michael uh, has his has his own child now and mm-hmm. uh, he has a little yeah. boy beautiful little boy and uh, we we're friends on facebook and we we chat every now and then that, yeah, that is he beautiful. actually
4: lives in a um, a complex that I clean for. He actually lives over there in that complex. So. Oh wow. Uh-huh.
0: So yeah. he lives close to you
3: guys. Yeah. Yeah, he lives yeah. here in Gallatin, yeah, he Tennessee. Gallatin.
0: Oh. Mm-hmm. Did he? Did he live there um, when uh, the, during the accident? Was he? Was was that where he was from then, or did he move there or? How we
4: now, i don't believe so i he th- lived somewhere near here because at he, that time Tim, yeah. we were in nashville
2: that's true remember? we lived in antioch at the time yeah.
4: and he drove like 45 minutes that day of caleb's birthday or something
0: yeah
4: um so yeah, yeah it was probably around here
0: and and um, i want everybody to know that everything that we've talked about well 99 of everything we've talked about is in the book the book to me is on the lines of um any other of the, the great, if you've seen any of the great Christian stories where, um, oh, there's, I'm drawing a blank, but 90 Minutes in Heaven, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the cult, the one, one with Colton
3: Heaven has is for real, real.
4: Yes. And Tim actually talked to his dad.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. a chance that is-
3: to me actually the Burpo family after after everything that happened, and it was really neat. We we were able to have some interesting points of contact with them. So yeah, that was neat. But because I
0: I I don't see why the the Caleb story and, and your story is not um, a blockbuster worthy hit. Um, much like Heaven Is For Real, um, or uh, the one where the the child falls through the ice, gets trapped under oh, the ice. Yes, yes. Breakthrough. Thank you. I, I'm so. <laughs> but any of those movies, this this book is on par with all of those books, and and should be as popular as those books. And I think in time, uh, when it, I think it'll catch on eventually. I know it's been a while since it was released, but it is an amazing book. It is truly amazing the, the way it's written, the way it's you go through everything, the the order of events. I mean, I was um, gripped by the story um, initially and then kind of forgot about it. And then I, I think I saw a post. Um, on the Caleb page several months ago maybe not I don't and it reminded me it was like oh and you said you still had some books and I was like oh my gosh I want to read this story when I got the book mm-hmm. I, I, I could not put it down I mean it is that good it is it is every bit as good of any New York bestseller out there it is it's just a wonderful story and i i I cannot say enough good things about it i mean because it is a great story i want to uh story it's a
4: story for sure oh
0: and i I love that uh that is (laughs) pretty special um because it's it's a story of faith i mean it's a story of hope um faith hope and love i mean you'll see that through there and i mean we talked a, a little bit about it but you if you're you you do not get the full you get little snippets this is kind of like the um the cliff note version of the story <laughs> if you right. want to get really deep into the story read the book um it is amazing. I, I think it's a, a journey that you'll be blessed with uh, reading, and, and in your own life. I think everybody can relate to some form of that in, in that book in, in yourself, in what you do, in your life, in your everyday life. Um, you. And I don't know. There's a, y'all, you're very welcome. No, thank you um, for writing it. And I'm I, I, I I'm sorry you had to go through it, but I absolutely. Um, loved the, the way it was, It turned out. Um, I absolutely love that um, Caleb made it. And, and I saw a video in, in, of, of Caleb just where he was drawing a card. He is an amazing mm-hmm. young man, <laughs> um, truly amazing young man. And I think he's going to do great things. I think he's already made his impact uh, on the world. And I think he will keep doing that as he gets older, as well as the rest of the family. I don't want to leave the other kids out because they have to be um, amazing, amazing kids. Uh, I wanted to touch on this, and I don't know that um, we'll want to. I, I was kind of wondering if this is one of the things I kept wondering about, and I know you touch on this in the book, um is, was it deliberate? Did the rock fall deliberately? And, and I, I know what the book said. And, right. and, and do, does it matter to you now Did, that if it, if it was or wasn't deliberate? And, and what do you know or what do you think?
3: So we were told um, from the investigators that it was uh, a couple of, there was one eyewitness that came forward that day. And they said that uh, when they were going around, if you've ever been to Falk Creek Falls, you can, there's two trails you can take. One goes around the top of the falls to the right, and the other one goes down to the bottom and falls to the left. And so there was a, a gentleman that was hiking around the, the, the top ridge around the falls, and he said that when he came around the corner, he witnessed two teenagers that were like laying up against the, the ground, and they were using their legs to dislodge that, that little boulder. And he said, right when he came around the corner, is when he saw the rock fly off the the edge, and that's when the screaming started, and those two kids ran off. So, you know, it was it was a couple of teenagers that were trying to, uh, you know, splash the water below, and you know, my wife and I don't think that they had any malice whatsoever. Um, But right, because they actually
4: said to the the gentleman, um, oh, there are people
3: down there. Yeah, they had no idea. They they were just a couple of oh. kids playing around and made a bad mistake.
0: I wonder um, if they had kept up with the story. You know, that's I know we don't know, but uh, yeah. I've always wondered, you know, if that if they ever I wonder you know, I I, also, I wonder if they follow the Caleb Facebook page. You know, I kind of wonder I've wondered the same, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so
2: they had
0: to I kn- have known. or were they too young to know? I mean, I know they were supposed to be teenagers and uh, and and around that age but maybe they were just not old enough to really realize what was going on and didn't follow That's the true. news or
2: um
3: yeah, but yeah. but
0: you and again you you touch on that in the book which is uh really um it it, it helps give it helped give me closure to the story you know yeah. um uh, for that aspect of it there's a couple other things i want to touch on uh number one is you, uh, with your newfound faith, uh, that you're believing that that these were God-inspired events and God was speaking to you, uh, you lost your job. That's true. And uh, how did you respond to that? I mean, were you like dumbfounded? Were you like, oh, "What's going on"?
3: Well, which time? I lost it twice. <laughs> so, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh the, the the first time was right after the book uh after I was writing the book and and I I went and spoke to the our church elders about it and you know of course I told you about our particular faith background and and what's believed along those lines and uh I I had thought that perhaps the you know telling telling the story to my leadership would be a blessing and um you know that it would be something that would they would like to hear that yeah. God is still doing and like
4: um, wow we know this man so yeah you know us, uh, things
3: and, and you know i was let go immediately there and then uh i was actually out of ministry for about five years after that through the time that i was writing the book and then during that time i was building a business uh digital marketing business and i had gotten to a place where i thought that um that maybe uh maybe i wasn't supposed to be doing full-time ministry anymore but long story short uh, in 2014, I wound up working with another Church of Christ up here in Gallatin, Tennessee, and uh, had disclosed the book. I remember letting them, you know, read the the manuscript, and uh, told them that I'm not a I'm not a typical Church of Christ guy. I'm just not. And uh, you know, I I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe that God still speaks today. And you know, one of the central things that is part of my ministry now is teaching other people how to hear God's voice for themselves and for their own lives. And, uh, and that originally was welcome at the congregation, but during the six years that I was a minister there, I was not allowed to speak about any of these things regarding the book and so um, after several more, after several more instances of hearing God. Um, especially through the time of the coronavirus, I wound up uh, talking openly about it in January of 2020. And I was fired again for the second time. So my wife and I have been out uh, of work. Or I've been out of work now for the last few months. <laughs> so we're back in the same boat again. Well, Man.
0: well, that part of the story reminds me of I mean, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not comparing your face to anybody else's by any means. but but the similarities to um, you've heard of uh, Lakewood church and, and, and Joel Osteen uh, and whatnot, but uh, his father, um, John Osteen was uh, let go from Uh his church in, in the fifties because I think it was the fifties because their daughter was born with something they said, like cerebral palsy um, Mm and, and, and he started praying and he read the bible and saw that god still heals and so he yeah. went back and told the congregation that hey god still heals and they said all right we'll see you later we don't believe that let you go That's and right. so yeah. now mm-hmm. how many ever years later and and you can say what you want to about uh, the uh, you know I, the lakewood church and, and Joel Osteen's ministry you know I, and i understand that that it's flawed in some ways just like all humans but yeah. look yeah. where how far all I'm saying is look where he's gone to now. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just a really comparative, uh, to me that, that, uh, seems to be a recurrent theme in, um, uh, religion where people mm-hmm. seem to like believe more in their denomination and the religion instead of believing in the Christ and the Bible and, and, right.
2: uh,
0: right. And and so what do you do now um what are we doing now to uh um make a living uh do you have i th- believe you have a home uh, based where you're at least a digital based business of some sort i do
3: yes i own a, I own a small digital marketing company called four streams marketing and uh we we work with uh, contractors mainly doing uh, lead generation and web design and seo for them and um you know it 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 squeezes the lemon a little bit here and there so <laughs> helps yeah, a little bit
4: god just provides at just <laughs> at just the right times i mean it, it literally will be like oh are we going to make rent this month and yeah, god's yeah. like yep yeah, yes you are <laughs> and that's what's incredible about our story and god and the journey that we're on right now is again god is like you know you did what i asked you to do so I'm, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to take care of you. And I, and I think that's all about, um, not fearing men rather like fearing, fearing God, rather than men, you know, um, what God is showing us and and what my husband stood up and said, you know, I believe in, in the work of the Holy spirit. I've seen it in my life and I can't be silent about it anymore. And, um, I even spoke that, you know, in his, in his, uh, recent ministry video that he did. Um, and I think because of that, God is hard, but God is like, just, just you wait, like, you know, it's, it's going to work out.
3: Well, Stephen, I'll, I'll, I know we're going along, but I'll, I'll just say this really quick and I, I I'll, I'll be quiet. Um, God spent from 2009 to 2010, he said, you're going to need your whole heart for what's coming. And then he spent that entire next year preparing us, giving us various lessons on faith that would that would basically be a blueprint for what we were going to walk through for the next couple of years. And then after we went through all of that, um, God spent the next five, six, seven, eight years teaching us what it meant to walk with a whole heart, becoming wholehearted for God. And during the time of the last six years that we were on assignment at, at this particular place in, uh, up here in Gallatin, God hasn't stopped speaking. He has continued giving right. dreams, continued Absolutely. giving visions, continued showing fingerprints. I always knew a long time ago that God was going to have me write a follow-up book called A Faith That Moves Mountains, What Happens When Faith Finds the Miraculous. And, um, and, and that is actually going to be the book that I'm going to write next. And it will detail the last 11 years of our journey.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And that was in my, uh, strangely enough, that was in my notes. If there was going to be a follow-up to uh, talk about the rest of the journey and the continued journey Um, and what kind of um, faith are you or what kind of uh, ministry um, do you have today and, and, and is there any place people can can see something that, you know, see some of your ministry, some of your preaching, some of your teaching, some of your um... yeah,
3: just started actually when I was um, when we were let go in January, uh, it took me a few months to to pray through it all. But uh, we actually started a brand new ministry called Kingdom Gathering and uh, you, you can find it at KingdomGathering.org. And uh, right now, it's just a—it's basically a teaching ministry, and we also are starting discipleship ministry. We have a couple of groups: one that we've started in Pakistan, one that we've started in Nigeria, and it's uh, basically—it's just going back to the words of Christ and making disciples the way he talked about making disciples and 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 basically choosing to live life by the Holy Spirit. So this is where I plan to, to have a lot of teachings regarding the Holy Spirit and how people can learn to hear God for themselves and, and walk in their own uh, divine destiny that God has for their lives and also uh, to join in disciple making, uh, you know, because Jesus chose 12 guys and and he instilled in those 12 guys and those 12 guys turned the world upside down and that's that's what our heart is about from this point forward that's going what what our ministry looks like is is uh, creating discipleship groups.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's kingdomgathering.org, uh, uh, kingdomgathering.org. And there's there's some uh, I know that I've seen a few of the videos on YouTube, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's really, uh, really powerful stuff. Um, I, I'm, I haven't gotten really deep into it yet, but I, I will. And I plan on it um, because you're just such an, uh, you, you seem to follow the voice uh, that I believe the voice of God. And, and I believe you're, you know, taking that where it's leading you um, and, and where, God is showing you the need is in, in this world into helping other people find Jesus or find God. And, mm-hmm. uh, just it's, it's, it's such an honor and a pleasure, um, talking to you both. Um, I, I'm totally, um, at all and grateful for the, the time you spent with us talking about, um, the journey, the, the accident, um, and I highly recommend, I can't recommend it em- enough, uh, the book, God Still Speaks, The Miracle at Fall Creek Falls. Um, I believe it's, um, well, what's the best way to get it? I believe it's available at Amazon.
3: It is available at Amazon. However, we, uh, we offer it through the ministry free of charge. So uh, if you just go to kingdomgathering.org, you will see – right now it just goes to our YouTube channel. We don't even have a website up yet. Um, But if you go to – I'll give you another URL, and it will take you straight to the book. Uh, But it's it's godstillspeaksbook.com. Oh,
4: wow. And Caleb Caleb will will sign the book, too. That's, That's what's amazing. Tim and Caleb will sign that book. This was amazing about not buying it necessarily off of Amazon but mm-hmm. getting it through us. The only thing that we've asked for is what shipping and handling Tim. So
0: yeah.
2: Just
4: shipping and, handling.
0: yeah. Um, and I will say that I ordered uh, one directly from you guys and uh, Caleb signed my book and it, and it almost, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it, it that's almost great. made me cry. Just looking <laughs> at, at the, uh, seeing that he signed it and, and knowing what all he's been through and your whole family. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just, it's not, I, I know he went through the blunt of the trauma, but, but any kind of accident like that, the whole family um, goes Absolutely. through it, the extended family. Absolutely. And you guys have been such a blessing and amazing, uh, very well spoken, very,
3: and uh, the story
0: you. is, is just amazing. I, I. I I'm in awe, I, I can't believe, I, I'm actually a little in awe that I got to speak to you because I, I really think that that you guys are very um, specially blessed people, and uh, you're going to keep touching the world, and I think you're just at the um, the tip of the iceberg as far as changing the world, I, I can't help wow. but believe that, okay. and, well, and I, you I think know. you're going to do great things, I think you have great things know. in you, and I Go ahead.
4: I'm so sorry. I was just going to say, I know we need to go, but there's something that the Lord is really laying on my heart, um, that I feel like, uh, I at least have to say before we end. And, um, and that is because people listening to this, they hear, you know, this is what happened in 2009, 2010, 2011. These are the things that took place in their marriage or their family. And, um, not just Caleb's journey, but, I just want people to know out there that, um, when you are, when you are choosing the things of God, the enemy attacks, you know, yeah. he, there is great spiritual warfare. And so we have to continue to choose truth through it. We have to continue to work at our marriage. And, um, it, it wasn't a one and done deal, yeah. you know, um, back in 2010, when we came to that turnaround. That was just one turnaround, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that the enemy does not stop. He he constantly wants to still kill and destroy. So I don't want people to think that, oh, wow, they have this like butterflies and rainbow life now other than Caleb. No, no, no. It's, it's constant attacks. But the Lord is so good to remind us, yeah. hey, this is where I have brought you so you can get
3: through this too. Daily choice yeah. to walk by faith. Daily choice. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. Well, is there any, I mean, I, you're, you're as, you're absolutely welcome to add anything you want because uh, I could sit here and listen to you guys all
4: night. Oh, well, I, I, that, was, that was just something where I felt like the Lord was like, um, people need to know that, that just because you go through something one time does not mean it does not mean it's done. You know, it's right. It's, it's, it, we live in a fallen world and <laughs> Well we
0: you know what there is one other thing we always I don't I don't know why we always do this but but we've got two people here and I always want to add this and and we always usually ask this and it's silly and it's but it's always relatable what was your first vehicle what was your first car I, I don't know why
2: we
0: we've, <laughs> we've always asked
1: this completely <laughs> way off topic <laughs> Yeah and oh, wow. it doesn't relate
3: to anything but it okay, always well, makes listen. for you, okay so You've got to hear the stud that I was when I was dating my wife. Here, Are you ready for this? Here we go. Here we go. I got to let you, like Tiffany, go ahead and tell them what I drove to pick you up on our on our date.
4: Well, I can't remember the model, but it was a station wagon. It was
3: a 1986 Oldsmobile station wagon. We could put the whole youth group in that thing.
0: <laughs> oh, but did it have, have wood grain siding? It had the
3: wood grain siding. Yes, yes it, it did. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Did it have the seats in the back that faced backwards? Yeah, reverse seats in them? That's it, brother.
1: Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> well,
0: that is that is incredible. You
4: know what? Buddy. I didn't care. I didn't care. <laughs> I, I wasn't I was enthralled by the driver, so right. that didn't matter to me. But oh, I, that is beautiful. Uh, my dad <laughs> was into old cars. So the first car that he bought me um, was a '57 Chevrolet, black and white '57 Chevrolet, and so wow. I loved that car. But I didn't get to take it with me <laughs> once I left the house. He was like, "Yep, this is this is my car." <laughs> so, wow. so does he still have so, it? You know, did it, he still have it? He had it for a I long time. But honestly, I do not remember if he still has it. I mean, he had it. Yeah. Up until a few years ago, so I'm not sure if he still has it or not because yeah. he likes to tinker with cards and stuff. But um, oh, yeah. but then my car that I bought myself was a um, Honda Accord.
0: Oh, see, that's sensible, reasonable. Yeah,
4: yeah it was a good car. Mm-hmm.
0: What what year was that? What year was the, the Honda um, I Accord? I say it was
4: 1990.
0: Yeah, it okay. it was a well, model 90
4: or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there, 1984, maybe. My second car was a 1984 Honda
2: Accord. So,
4: okay.
0: My, my first car was was a little, I don't know, I would say it was worse than a station wagon. My first car was a 1980 model Chevette.
4: Oh, and you <laughs> may not even yeah. know that yet. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Little bitty. Piece of not good car. <laughs> it, was,
2: it was all
0: I could afford, but it was it was fun though. So it was you know um, awesome. it, was, it was it was it was something that uh, most people today, well most of the kids today can't drive.
3: It was a stick shift. It was yeah. the four speed. So. That's, right. That's right.
4: Oh yeah, yeah.
3: One thing that I wanted yeah. to say too that um, you know you had said something to the effect of of especially. Uh, especially blessed that's that's one thing that I have heard and um, I've heard many times I I remember somebody said to me once why why do you think God spoke audibly to you that first time in, in 2009 and I said well I said knowing the kind of guy that I was sometimes you have to raise your voice at your kids to make them listen Mm-hmm. And, and, and cause I wasn't, I was not listening and I didn't know how to listen, but, but what I have, one of the most important things that I've learned through this whole journey is that it's not, it's not that we were special in the sense that we were able to, to hear God's voice and, and go through some of these miraculous experiences. Mm-hmm. It's that we have a very special God who wants to connect with all of his children. And he has allowed us the grace to go through what we've gone through so that we can now turn around and say, Hey, Listen. That same God wants to speak to you. God still amen. speaks. God amen. still speaks. And amen. and that's what our whole life has been about since then, is just helping people get to know this God better, this incredible God that we worship.
4: Yeah, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. I think that's a great place to end on. Josh, are we doing okay? Uh, on? We got enough content. Are we doing okay on time? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah we're doing good we're uh She's like yeah
4: okay. we're gonna have to cut a lot we've, we well no not really
1: uh we, we've got uh we've got an hour and uh about an hour and 30 uh recorded on this so yeah uh, i didn't I, I think and I, it all I flowed totally real great. well so i don't think i'll have to cut it up too much you know i'll be in there uh, except
0: when i started asking about cars well
1: you know, <laughs>
4: yeah
1: we yeah. just got to cut the stick hey, shift.
4: some humor in there somewhere yeah, it's
3: clear. true though exactly. i never did learn yeah. stick shift and my wife is right about that so that
1: was one reason why we did that well, we, we put that in on every episode it just kind of <laughs> completely just completely off topic and make people say oh yeah i, I remember my car <laughs> know, the good old days and i, I do
0: I do have a, a little joke that I'm I'm working on, but I want to test it out on you guys. Um, okay. We true story. We saw a, a, a praying mantis, and my son had never seen one, so my dad wanted to show Luke the praying mantis up there. And so uh, I said, "Luke, what do you think?" You know, and he can't really. He doesn't talk very. Great at to this point. And he's like, Oh, you know, bug, you know, or something to that effect. And I was like, and so I said, Hey, let's go around and look for another. And let's see if we can find one of those heathen mantises that don't pray.
2: That's <laughs> right. So, <yeah>. oh, <laughs>
4: so like a, oh, there oh, we go. That's awesome. Yeah. That's nice.
0: <laughs> hey, I I'm learning to be the king of the dad jokes. So <laughs>
4: that's, oh, awesome. man. that's
0: cool
4: well but it, anyway, it has been a pleasure and an honor
3: absolutely um, thank the,
1: you so much
4: we
1: the honors all ours though, the, appreciate you all it,
0: the, that story is beautiful and i think this is the first time i've ever um gotten emotional um on the, the show and uh, uh i think it's definitely the first time i've ever uh shed tears talking uh, about a situation mm-hmm. but um you know and that's what's the great thing about the book is the the uh, like I can I, I, I cried because it was heart-wrenching and then I cried because the outcome was was getting better and it was getting so great it was just just amazing I mean uh, it's complete and total honor and, and I'm blessed because I've, I've read the book and I appreciate you guys for that
3: well thank you so much and, and uh, we're we're honored to be here and be a part of this uh, this show with you guys, too. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank
0: you very much. I hope you guys have a great evening, and thank you for so much for all your time. And uh, it'll be, I don't know, we've got uh, several episodes lined up, and it's going to be a little while before we get this one up and out. Um, but I'll let you know. I mean, uh, yeah. so we're, this yeah, is, uh, hopefully this will be probably our, one of our crown jewels for our second season. We've got uh, several in the, in the shoot. Um, So I'm just, I'm really excited. This was, this was, this was one of my favorites by far. Well,
2: Well, anything that you
3: need and, you know, let us know. and We'll be there to help out.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. If I, like I said, if, if I need to use, if uh, I may ask if we can use the cover of the book or something just for online purposes and, and, and stuff, you know, cause I love the picture of the falls and Caleb and, and, and stuff. Uh, but we'll get to that whenever we start uh, getting closer to uh, putting it out. So I'll message you. A,
3: I will have a web page up. I just haven't had a chance to build it yet, but I'm going to put a web page up just for the book itself. And um, okay, well. uh, we, People were getting it through Amazon, and and that's fine if people want to do that. Uh, They um, they charge a lot for the book, and they keep all the money. Like we don't get anything from that. Oh
2: wow! Really?
3: Yeah, they they keep like ninety something percent of it or whatnot, and and it makes it very convenient for people to get it. But at the same time, you know, there's some people that don't really want to support Amazon, and I totally understand that too. So um, so we offer it we offer it free of charge. Uh, You can have it as an instant download. If you want to do an instant download, you can download the PDF and just read it. Or if you want the actual physical book, the only thing we ask for is just the the cost for covering the 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 material of the book itself. But we don't charge any profit for it. So, yeah, yeah, that's Absolutely. great. Thank you guys exactly. so much. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, thank you. Thank Give you.
2: Give
0: all the kids much. big hugs for us and 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 uh, just thank you for sharing. Thank you very much. Absolutely.
1: No all right. Y'all have a good one. All right.
0: All right,
1: good God night,
0: bless good you. Night. Good night. You too. Bye bye. What'd you think, Josh? Man, a
1: very uh, very interesting story there.
0: It, it is. It is. I I, I I like them. I like them. I think they're uh, I think they're good folk. Man, uh, that is an incredible story. Uh sure to appreciate the time of Timothy and Tiffany Brown. Um you know, look them up on Facebook, uh, Timothy Brown. Uh, I believe Tiffany Brown's on there, too. Uh, contact them. Um, get the book from them. Uh, it's an amazing read. Um, it's really good stuff, and uh, I just wish the best for them and, and hope, hope uh, that uh, the sun continues uh, a full recovery. Is really good. Any uh, final thoughts today, Josh?
1: Oh, man. Uh, You know, like, just like you said, you know, get the book from them. Don't, don't go through the, through the big website.
0: Yeah. Because if you get it from them, uh, it's basically, I think they'll give it to you free. But I always like to say, uh, you know, give them a donation or something if you can, um, because that's really how he's uh, partially how he makes his money and supports his family. So and, it, and it's worth it I mean I love the book Myself I I thought it was fantastic um, But let's wrap it up uh, We are Two Likeable Guys I'm Steve This is my awesome Amazing co-host Josh We appreciate you listening We hope you have a great day You know You can reach us You come visit us At twolikableguys.com com, Or just send us an email Tell us what you think If you send us an email And you need some more information About something on the show We'll get back to you with it Two likable guys at gmail.com We have a Facebook and Instagram page We're doing great things And we have an, an more exciting shows lined up I mean, the guests are getting bigger and better And we're blessed with everything we're doing And we really appreciate you listening So, we like you And we hope you like us too.